We just stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke their nose. One, two, three. Bullshit. Welcome to the Title Run Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Bethay. I'm joined here by my good friend, Scott the Stat Assassin. Scott, say what's up. What's up? So uh, we're here today to do a list because that's what you do in the offseason, especially in this COVID time when there's very little real sports to cover. You do lists. So today's list is a list of NFL coaching rankings. So we're categorizing the NFL coaches into tiers and giving you our choices for best and worst coaches. And uh, again, if you're new to the show, please make sure you subscribe on Apple iTunes or Spotify or any other major podcasting platform. Uh, you can also follow us at Facebook or Twitter at Title Run Sports. And as always, you can reach us through email at our email address, TitleRunSports at gmail.com. Man, that was so clunky. Uh, anyways, we're coming to you today from the Shire Studios. And let me start by giving a little background on who we picked and who we did not pick. So we did not rate any first-year coaches, so rookie head coaches. So that would include people like Matt Rule, Kevin Stefanski, Mike McCarthy, Joe Judge, and Ron Rivera because they're in their first year with new organizations. We also did not rate coaches that have only coached one year with their organization because it's impossible to evaluate just one year. So that included Vic Fangio, Brian Flores, Cliff Kingsbury, Zach Taylor, Matt LaFleur, and Bruce Arians. And when we made our list, our evaluations were based on what that coach has done with their current franchise. So a coach that coached in Super Bowl back in like 2002, like, oh, I don't know, John Gruden, that didn't play into the way we evaluated success with their team that they're with now. So, so Scott, go ahead and start by explaining your tiers and let's go through your list first. Yeah, so I was a l- a little, I guess you could say harsh with how I did my tiers, but <laughs> I will give that some context to start with, right? So we ended up leaving out a lot of first and second year people, right? right? So that put us at 21 total coaches being yes. ranked. So if you came in 20th or 21st on this list, you are at the bottom barrel of this list, right? Exactly. Um, so in that case, being ranked 10th, 11th, it's pretty average. Mm-hmm. So being 15th on this list is below average, right? Right. Um, and the other thing, too, is NFL head coaches, a lot of them just are replaceable. And historically, they don't get valued that highly. And so one of your categories, Super Bowl winners, historically, I don't know, a third of Super Bowl winning head coaches, something like that, are not in the Hall of Fame. There are multiple coaches that have won multiple Super Bowls that didn't make it in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Right? And, and it goes to show, like, even looking at this list, I think half the coaches in the NFL have made the playoffs. Like, or current NFL coaches have made, have made the playoffs. And that's just, a way, that's just a function of the way the league's constructed. Like, well, it's got to be more than that. It's got to be at least two-thirds. I'm yeah. sorry. It's more than that. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's more than that. But the other point was that yeah. simply that making the playoffs – is not the barometer of being a good coach because like you just said, the majority of NFL coaches make the playoffs. If you don't make the playoffs, you're a below average coach. Yeah. All of these guys have had some success. Almost all these guys have had some success for a year or two years or whatever as NFL head coaches. Otherwise they'd already be fired <laughs> since we didn't put in the early guys. Right. Um, and the other thing is too, that a lot of these coaches, 
they're hired for what they've done as coordinators, but mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that they're necessarily good at being a head coach, right? So some of these guys that I might have in like a pretty mediocre tier list, it doesn't mean that I don't think that they're awesome offensive coordinators or defensive coordinators, just that they've never been that great as being a head coach. And the way the NFL recycles people and hires people is weird. So there's a lot of room for bad head coaches on this list. But anyway, with that to say, I put in four tiers for these 21 people. The top tier I labeled Bill. Um, If that's not clear to you what that top tier is, you should find another podcast. Uh, The second tier I labeled as would hire because I was approaching this as if I'm, you know, a GM or running a team, these would be coaches that I would be excited about hiring. Like I would say, this is a coach that's going to be a better than average NFL head coach. They're going to have more strengths and weaknesses. Um, And this is someone that I could be excited about giving them three, five, six years, whatever, um, to really coach and, and lead that team. Uh, then after that, I had could do worse. And that's a pretty big category of guys that aren't bad. They've all had some success. You know, they kind of on average sit at just a little over 500. Um, so they're not bad. You know, if it's a 12th best coach, he's not a bad coach. But in the playoffs, he's going to be going against the fifth best coach or the number one coach, right? Looking at you, Bill O'Brien. Yeah, and so people want to win Super Bowls, make it to Super Bowls. Well, average coaches don't usually help that, right? They don't hurt it maybe or don't hurt it too much. But they don't help it. And then uh, my last category was employed, question mark, <laughs> uh, because these are guys that are employed. But, yeah, the question is why. And just to clean up what I started with, uh, I was horribly off. It is 17 of the 21 coaches on this list have made the playoffs with their current team. Yeah. Then there you go. Uh, I bet I can tell you who the four are that haven't <laughs> employed question mark. Yeah. And the only one out of that group at, well, well I'll, I don't ruin your list, but there's only one in that group that has made the playoffs and he actually made a Ch- AFC championship game in one rando year. So yeah. Yeah. So I'll actually start with the, the bottom part of why is this person employed? Um, so that's four guys. That's my 18 through 21. That's Adam Gase. Yikes. Uh, Doug Marone. Apparently he's still in the NFL. John Gruden, who obviously had a very good career as a head coach before. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, probably should have stayed in the booth. And then last is Matt Patricia, who has won less than three out of 10 games. So almost three out of 10 games. He's got a 29.7 win percentage in his two seasons with the Lions. Now, this is crazy. As much as people think of John Gruden as a good coach, 35.4% winning percentage with the Las Vegas Raiders, which is abysmal. Yeah, it's it's certainly not great. Um, and on this list, right, Matt Patricia is a young coach. Mm-hmm. So it does not surprise me at all if someone said, oh, I've been to the future and he turns into a good coach or a great right. coach or whatever. Yeah, sure. Why not? I'd buy that. He, he is a good coach. He just so far hasn't been a good head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, so. And that's not unusual. Bill Belichick was very, very mediocre. His first run as a head coach with the Cleveland Browns because, you know, it's the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Well, and in that case, I would say his records were mediocre, mm-hmm. but knowing that it's the Browns, yeah. that's actually <laughs> doing a pretty phenomenal job. Right. Yeah. Especially at that time. If Matt Patricia 
was sitting here with a 500 record as a young head coach with the Lions, I would say, hey, he's doing a yeah. pretty good job, and he's yeah. a young coach. Like, you know, I like where the arrow's headed. Um, but he's not sitting there with a 500 record. Oh, no. He's like, you know, I don't know, 10, 15 wins away from that. And in his defense, his season was torpedoed by Matt Stafford getting injured early in the season last year. And Stafford was actually having a career year or was on his pace for a career year. And, you know, in the NFL, very few, very few franchises can be successful without a starting quarterback that is well-known, high-caliber, high-achieving. There's only a few teams that can get away with that. Yeah, and, and I don't want to get bogged down too long in the uh, employed section over here. Um, but of those four, Matt Patricia is the guy that, you know, seems most likely to still have a possible future as a good head coach for a, a decade or two. Those other guys, you know, cut bait, walk away. Uh, Gason Marone will have a very high chance of being fired by December, by the time the season's over. Yeah, they won't be on this list next year. No. So, um, and then moving up from that is could do worse. And this is a lot of coaches that are pretty decent. Or sometimes it's guys like, you know, Sean McDermott, who is – he's number 17 here for me. He's been fine. He's 500 and Buffalo, right? Yeah, and made the playoffs. He just hasn't – he's just unproven. I mean, he's made the playoffs, like, twice in three years. Is that right? I think so. Um, and, and he's fine, um, but he hasn't – you know, they haven't done anything special. You know, he hasn't changed the game. They haven't won at an incredibly high level, but he's not a bad coach. Two wildcard bursts with two different quarterbacks. He, you know, made it with Tyrod Taylor. They lost that awful game to Jacksonville where, like, Blake Bortles ran for more yards than he threw for. And then rookie quarterback, they were bad. And then last year they should have won their wildcard game against Houston. <laughs> yep. So, so yeah. So, I have him on that could-do-worse list. And then climbing up from there, Frank Reich, Anthony Lynn, that's 16 and 15. Bill O'Brien is 14. Uh, if this was a GM ranking, Bill O'Brien would – not be in the top 25, oh, but yeah. it's just a coaching ranking. It's 14. Uh, Dan Quinn, 13. Mike Vrabel, 12. Matt Nagy, 11. Mike Zimmer, 10. If you're looking at that, especially the the 10 through, I don't know, 14 or so, yeah. you're seeing a lot of guys It's like they've had some good success. They've made playoffs. Mm. They've even won playoff games, sometimes big playoff games. Um, but at the same time, they're guys that might be, you know, plagued by some consistent issues. They're guys where they're going to screw up their timeouts one game where it costs you every season, right? And they're – Stop talking about Dan Quinn. Well, no, it's not just him. It's a lot of NFL <laughs> head coaches, right? Yeah. That they're going to screw that stuff up one time and they're going to finish 9-7 and seven one year instead of 10-6. and six. And that's going to be the difference yeah. – one year between making the playoffs or not, or another year that it'll be yeah. 11 and five versus 10 and six, and they'll have a wild card game they have to play instead of winning their division or something like that, right? And just to review the, just in case you don't know some of these names for the people listening for the teams. So at 10 is Mike Zimmer with the Vikings. 11, Matt Nagy is with the Chicago Bears. 12, Mike Vrabel is with the Tennessee Titans. Dan Quinn, obviously with our Atlanta Falcons. Bill O'Brien at 14 is with the Texans. Anthony Lynn is with the, uh, golly, almost said uh, San Diego Chargers, the Los Angeles Chargers. It does. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Frank Reich with the Indianapolis Colts, and then Sean McDermott with the Buffalo Bills. Just give you some, just to help you uh, understand what teams those coaches are coaching for. Continue, yeah. please, Scott. Yeah, and so then uh, starting at nine, I get up into the section that I have labeled "Would Hire," 
And like I mentioned before, that's if I was a GM, guys that I would hire and also be excited about hiring, right? So the the title, tier title might sound a, a little bit harsher, but it's, you know, really would be excited about hiring. So nine in there is Mike Tomlin. Obviously he has career-wise a lot of success, right? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Also, I don't know, lately – I can't remember a whole lot that's been spectacular in the last, I don't know, three to five years either, right? It hasn't, but even last year without Ben Roethlisberger, I think they, I think they worked the way all the to eight and eight with a revolving door quarterback. I mean, they've been so consistent, even with roster turnover, losing Antonio Brown, having losing Le'Veon Bell, they are consistently a 500 team or better, and in most years they are, you know, ten win team making the playoffs. So I think his consistency warrants that spot yeah no no and definitely and that's why he's still on the the list of guys i would be excited yeah. about hiring right uh, how exactly you go about separating some of these guys in that group for me yeah. it can be pretty close so like at number eight i have john harbaugh um if you wanted to switch harbaugh and mike tomlin like tom sure yeah. whatever right no problem uh, i guess john harbaugh won his super bowl with the worst quarterback so sure that's yeah. the tiebreaker i don't know um, and, and Harbaugh is one of those guys who is probably a better head coach than he is a football coach as a coordinator or another position, right? He's like a special yeah. teams background guy. He was. So that was that's his background, which is unusual, but it makes a lot of sense because, as people have pointed out in the past, a special teams coach touches every player on the roster, has such a big picture view of both sides of the ball. Because I mean, essentially, when you're coaching special teams, you're coaching offense and defense. So. Mm-hmm. It's not usual to see a special teams guy become that guy, but, I mean, he's he's the blueprint for what it could look like if a guy is really good at yeah. it. Yeah, and, and honestly, it should probably happen a little bit more, I yeah. would say. So, anyways, he's the number eight. Um, maybe the uh, – it's not really that controversial, but at number seven I have Kyle Shanahan. He's mm-hmm. maybe the only guy on this list that you could look at his win-loss record and say he doesn't quite fit in here with everybody else. Right. Um, at the same time, I think it's pretty clear what he is as an offensive coach. He's special, and we have seen already that he can translate that down to having a special offense with an average quarterback in mm-hmm. San Francisco in the head coaching role. And I think they won at least a few games last year, if I remember correct. And, and to spend a second on Kyle Shanahan, his, his win percentage is 49%. Everyone else in this tier that Scott has is 59% or higher. And you think about what he did this year in San Francisco, no elite running back, no elite or even close to elite receivers. His best weapon on offense was George Kittle. And then he had a quarterback who was a solid starting NFL quarterback, but not spectacular. I mean, so and, – and one of the league's top three offenses, again. Right. And so he – you know – He's consistently put out good offenses. So, mm-hmm. yeah, if I know that a head coach is going to be that elite on one side of the ball, especially the offensive offensive side mm-hmm. of the ball, and show that they can be elite without an elite quarterback, that pretty much would get me excited to hire them. Any other flaws that might be there, I would say, whatever, we can work with that. We can figure that out, right? I know that if I get just an average quarterback, you're going to give me a top three offense? Yes, please. And, and let's go back a little further. Um, he is the mastermind that made RG3 a phenom as a rookie. He was the offense coordinator f- for Brian Hoyer when he was with the Cleveland Browns, and they went 7-9. and nine. Yeah, 
You want to know the I mean, you want to know the list of starting quarterbacks that have had their best season ever under Kyle Shanahan? It's it's please. Hoyer was in there, Kirk Cousins is in there, RG3 is uh, in there, Matt Ryan is in there. Ryan. Uh, obviously Jimmy Garoppolo, but he doesn't Garoppolo. have much other track record. But so yeah. you have four, there might even be a fifth, I can't remember off the top of my head, four or five quarterbacks that have been have played, you know, five, 10, 15 years in the league under two, three, five, whatever different, different offensive coordinators, every single one of them had their best year under Kyle Shanahan. Which is justifies his spot in this list yeah. to me easily. Yeah. And so and number six is a guy you could probably swap with him for me. Yeah, it's Sean same. McVay. Same about. Uh, I gave McVay a tiebreaker here just because he has a much better percentage. record, like win-wise, mm-hmm. as a head coach. He's at 67% win percentage in his, well, I guess, three or four seasons with the yeah. Rams. So those guys are pretty interchangeable to me. Um, once mm-hmm. you start getting up to the five spot, uh, the two through five spot for me, I'll just list them real quick. Doug Peterson, five. Pete Carroll, four. Sean Payton, three. Andy Reid, two. Mm-hmm. Those are a lot of guys that obviously have won Super Bowls um, mm-hmm. and have been – you know, for most of them have been good, stable coaches for a long time and mm-hmm. with their team for a long time. Um, so all of those guys would get me pretty excited. And Pete Carroll's maybe the one guy on that list that I could argue myself into putting him much lower if I was putting a lot of right. weight into just what he is currently. Because the last couple of years, <sighs> you know, they haven't been where they were defensively before, obviously. No. Uh, line of scrimmage has been bad. Yeah, but also, too, the offensive approach has just been brutal, like really bad. They don't let Russell Wilson throw the ball, and he's a very, very good quarterback. You should let him throw the ball. Instead of trying to run the ball with a very bad offensive line, you should let Russell Wilson at least have a chance. You pay him a lot of money. So, yeah, I don't know. He's getting a lot of credit to me for how good Seattle was five years ago. Was, yeah. And he's outstanding. I, I could convince myself to drop him to the very bottom of this whole tier, probably, if I wanted to. But uh, Doug Peterson, yeah, he's done a, a really good job with the Eagles. And Sean Payton has been good with the Saints, even though they're full of terrible, awful people uh, for a long time. Yeah, and going back to what you said about Pete Carroll, despite the fact that they have been so mediocre on offense and have slipped on defense every year puts them in for nine wins. Like even when he's not doing his best coaching job, they still find a way to win nine games largely because they have one of the top, probably five quarterbacks in the NFL. And uh, he was, I think runner up for the MVP last year, but that really helps. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And um, so I also mentioned of Sean Payton here, three, right. Mm -hmm. With the saints have been a long time. They've been a, consistently good team and at two I have Andy Reid who I've always thought for a long time I thought he's a very good coach and should be Mm -hmm. in this tier even when he was with the Eagles consistently Mm -hmm. overperforming and people were getting mad because he didn't win Super Bowls Um, and so he's went on to Kansas City now and done a very good job offensively he's you know creative and not, you know, stodgy like some of the coaches we just mentioned. Uh, yes. Pete Carroll. So, um, and then – And you look at him – I'm sorry to interrupt you, Scott. I'm sorry. But you look at him and look at the quarterbacks he's done. He's, um, he's had success with – so you start with Don McNabb, who is obviously a great quarterback, and then Mike Vick, 
another talented quarterback. But the Nick Foles year, you remember that random year that Nick Foles had before people thought he was really good? Was that still with Andy Reid or was that with uh, Chip Kelly? I think that was actually Chip Kelly's first year. Was that a Chip Kelly but year? I can't remember. But then going on to Kansas City, right, Andy Reid had some time with Alex Smith. Alex and Smith. those were some of Alex Smith's best seasons, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Alex Smith is one of those guys that's not like a Hall of Famer or something. He's a good, solid starting quarterback. He has yeah. some talent, some strengths and weaknesses. Andy Reid's a guy that does a, a good job of maximizing those players, playing to their strengths, and you know covering up their weaknesses as much as possible. And winning 11 games with him every year, mm-hmm. it felt like, when he, Alex Smith is his quarterback. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now he has a quarterback that is mostly just strengths and signed an incredibly yeah. long deal. So it's going to be fun for the rest of us for the next at least three to five years, I would think. An incredibly long deal that he will probably outperform by about year five when he'll be like the fifth highest paid quarterback in the NFL. Yeah. So, uh, so all right. Quick sidebar. I did see at one point uh, a report or a speculation that some of that contract was actually tied into salary cap percentage. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that would make a lot more sense. Right. So then it's not going to be something where – Five years from now, he's making $35 million and that's, you know, fifth best quarterback money. Yeah. Uh, it's a percentage, and so it will probably stay pretty competitive towards the top. But I can't remember if that was ever verified or not. Um, people just were like, whoa, look at these big numbers, and kind of ran with it. Yeah, I mean, you hear half a billion dollars, and it's just like – like, I've never seen a 10-year – I know there are other 10-year contracts in the NFL. I can't remember one that was this big, though. So no, it's huge, so – so, yeah, that quarterback and Andy Reid, that's going to be a force for sure. Who's your number one? Uh, my number one in the Bill tier uh, <laughs> is, well, Bill Belichick. I don't know. There's nothing yeah. else that, you know, really needs to be said about Belichick. Uh, he is a robot who has won enough games that people let him get, in, let him get away with being a robot. Yeah. So, good for him, yeah. right? He treats players the way that we used to always treat players in Madden as completely disposable. (laughs) And it helps you be phenomenal when you have a Madden franchise, but in real life it gets you fired and it got him fired in buff or in, uh, in Cleveland. But then he won an early Super Bowl with new England. He got, you know, free reign, do whatever you want. And he said, run Belichick.exe. And here we are. So just so just to clarify, Bill Belichick's winning percentage is sixty-eight point six. That is the highest win percentage of any current NFL coach of, of any current NFL coach. And he obviously has coached six Super Bowl teams, which is an NFL record. He has coached in, I believe it's nine Super Bowls, which is also an NFL record. Yes, he will so, be in the Hall of Fame. I mentioned there are some coaches that win yeah. Super Bowls and don't actually end yeah. up in the Hall of Fame. I was not talking about Bill. So that kind of makes a great segue into my list. So at my tiers, I had a few more tiers than you did, but the very first tier of mine was the GOAT tier (laughs) occupied by one coach. Uh, My second tier was the Hall of Famers tier for the coaches that I do believe have already established Hall of Fame careers. Then I had my uh, third tier, which was Super Bowl winners, which included four coaches. The next tier for me was playoff winners, guys that have had playoff success but haven't won a Super Bowl. Uh, and the next one was just winners, guys that have made the playoffs, and they generally have winning records. Then my, my uh, next to last tier was my TBD tier, which are guys that have been up, have been down. 
I don't necessarily feel like I have enough information to say that they're good or bad coaches, but um, I can't, I definitely can't say they're good coaches. Maybe they've shown a little bit of promise and a little bit of, well, blah. And then my last tier are the successless coaches, <laughs> which are coaches that have yet to win with their current franchises. So I kind of copy what you did in certain reverse order at the very bottom of my tier at my tiers at the successless uh, level are John Gruden and Matt Patricia with Tampa Bay and Detroit. And they are 2021. We've already talked about them. Typically in the NFL, if you have a good quarterback, you can turn a franchise around in one year with a good draft, maybe two years if you if it takes a little longer. And we're still waiting on Gruden to put together anything resembling a competent NFL roster. Uh, counterpoint, I don't know that we would say they have a good quarterback. He's probably okay. tops out at about average. I, I think that the difficulty there is – an average starting NFL quarterback right now historically is a good to very good NFL quarterback. That's fair because quarterback's a very deep position. So, and then you make a good point there because someone like Jimmy Garoppolo is probably an average NFL quarterback, but in a different era, he'd probably be considered much better than that. So, and and that same thing with somebody like a Jared, a Jared golf. I mean, those guys are probably somewhere between 12 and 15 in NFL quarterbacks and they both played in Super Bowls. So you're, you're, I can see that look in your face. You're like, ah, I might not put them that high. <laughs> yeah, well, I was trying to think. Uh, it's hard to put them higher than that, for sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe they would end up a little bit lower, but that's that range where it gets, you know, pretty muddy, right? Yeah, from year to yeah. year. What's the difference between Jared Goff, Josh Allen, and Jimmy Garoppolo? I know the answer. <laughs> One of these guys can't hit open receivers. Oh gosh, no, that's true. He could throw the ball um, far, though. He, yeah. Did you see that? Him and Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes challenged Josh Allen to a throwing contest. Oh wow! I would love to see that. Did you see? I would love to see that. Did you see that Josh Allen got ninety-nine throw power in Madden, and then people just made highlight clips of his most powerful throws, which was usually overthrowing somebody by five yards when they were fifty <laughs> yards downfield. He can chuck it, man. AKA Matt Stafford's freshman year at UGA. Yeah. It's like, oh, he's got such a strong arm, throws a good deep ball. No, he doesn't. He overthrows Muhammad Masqua by nine yards on every go route. That's that's not having a good deep ball. <laughs> um so okay, so you made your counterpoint that uh with uh with Derek Carr, he and this is what happens with the quarterbacks, and I'm guilty of it. They have one actually good year that makes you think that they're probably a lot better than they really are. So Derek Carr had the one good year where he was like an MVP candidate, and then he's been completely average to below average or hurt since then. So you're right. I'm probably guilty of looking at that one that one decent year and rating him higher than I should. But but still, they have a functional quarterback that can yeah. win games, right? So that's why we're yeah. both holding against John Gruden. They're not playing some rookie that exactly. you can't win a game with. You can win some games with with Carr. Yeah, and that's my that's yeah that's kind of my point is if if there's other teams that can win with average quarterbacks, if Josh Allen can get his team to 10 wins, nine or 10 wins and get in the playoffs, you should be able to do the same with Derek Carr. And you, and there is some talent in that team. And you've had a bunch of draft capital because you traded Cleo Mack for a ridiculous number of draft picks. And, you know, we're still waiting for that to turn into wins and losses. Or, or just um, sacks, any sacks at all. God. Yeah. How many – what did Cleveland Furl had, what, four sacks last year, something around there? Yeah, so getting a lot of picks is not that helpful if you make bad picks. 
That's fair. All right, moving to my my uh, TBD tier, which is my 18th to 19th coaches. That's Doug Marone and Adam Gase. Uh, I'm giving Adam Gase a little bit of a pass because he's he's playing a rookie quarterback or not a rookie quarterback, a young quarterback, <laughs> and then he was hurt last year. <laughs> a third so, year quarterback. Like it looks like a rookie. Yeah, it looks like a rookie, and so. I'm giving him a little of a pass until we know what Sam Donald is, but kind of this year, if you haven't figured it out with the quarterback and you haven't figured out how to use Le'Veon Bell, cause you couldn't figure that out last year. I'm really questioning how good you are at your job. And then obviously Doug Marone, who basically has had one good year with the Jaguars where they randomly made the AFC championship game. So I can't put him at the very bottom, but it looks more and more like that one year was an anomaly. And it was just a function of their defensive talent. Then moving into my tier for winners, uh, at the bottom, 16, I had Anthony – 17, excuse me, I had Anthony Lynn. 16, Frank Reich. 15, Mike Vrabel, Vrabel with the Titans. 14, Matt Nagy with the Bears. And 13, Sean McDermott with the Bills. I kind of had McDermott at the top of that tier because I feel like the fact that he's made the playoffs two different quarterbacks, uh, one of them being a quarterback that we just mentioned, Josh Allen, who's very erratic. And, again, they're not – they're not killing it, but I feel like he's shown that he can adjust to different quarterbacks with different skill sets and at least be a competent winning coach. So I put him at the top of this tier. Matt Nagy would probably pass him if he had more than two years. So, I mean, he's been pretty good at the Bears. I think they were eight and eight this past year. And obviously they had a great record the year before that. Vrabel has won the playoffs. You know, he's only been there for two years though. And, but he's managed to have a great reclamation project this past year at the quarterback position and have Derrick Henry, you know, like run like a crazy man, lead the league in rushing. And then obviously Frank Reich in, in Indianapolis, he had one, one good year, one bad year. And the same with Anthony Lynn in LA with the chargers, a good year, bad year. So I don't know, good year, or excuse me, good years and bad years. So I don't know. I feel like any of these coaches are kind of replaceable. Like they're guys that could win, but they could just as easily be fired in two years and you would be able to replace them with another coach that was just as good. Yeah. A lot of these guys, if you have an eight win team based on talent and health, they're going to win you eight games. The games. Yeah. Right. I they, they might do something well to win a game. They shouldn't. And they'll do something, you know, poorly to lose a game. They shouldn't. And they'll win those eight games like they're supposed to in the end. Yeah. So then moving into the next tier, which is the tier where playoff winners, and this is the tier where I place Dan Quinn. These are guys that are, I would say, and I know you'll disagree with this, I would say they're above average head coaches, but they are far from being elite head coaches. And this tier for me includes uh, Bill O'Brien at 12, Dan Quinn, Kyle Shanahan, Mike Zimmer, and Sean McVay. And you could definitely argue for Kyle Shanahan to be higher on this list, but I put McVay and Zimmer ahead of him just because they've had a few more – they have a higher winning percentage and a plate and have coached for a few more years at their current stops. So go ahead, Scott, with why you disagree with me. So my <laughs> only objection is to Dan Quinn being labeled as a playoff winner because when the Falcons won those playoff games, Kyle Shanahan was doing all of the relevant, important coaching, and Dan Quinn just happened to be wearing some Falcons apparel. <laughs> That is true for the 2016 season, but my counterpoint is that in 2017, uh, they put together a great defensive performance in their two playoff games. And if we could have any kind of red zone competency in that playoff game against Philadelphia, we probably are playing for the NFC Championship game. We needed two yards. I mean, seriously, guys. Um, but to your point, 
the best season that Dan Quinn has had as a head coach was because he had an all-time elite offense. So which he that, had that's a fair yeah, point. which he doesn't coach offense and is very hands-off. On yeah, offense. he does not coach offense at all. So. Yeah, but again, I, I, I'm giving him credit for the top ten defense they had the next year, whether I should or not. Uh, and you know, he kind of hurt himself with his standing as a good defensive coach when last year he took over and was so bad he had to fire himself halfway through the season. <laughs> that's a mark so. of a true winner. Yeah, so, but I would say, but I think you do agree that he is probably yeah ultimately middle of the pack or upper middle of the upper middle of the pack middle of the pack NFL. Yeah, well, so you have him eleven, I have him thirteen. So like, really, at the end of the day, it's it's not much of a difference, and that's out of ranking twenty-one guys for both of us. Yeah, so we basically have both of us have him like right smack in the middle. You have him right at average, and I have him just below average. Okay. Moving on to my next year, which Super Bowl winners. This is kind of self-explanatory. You had at seven, Doug Peterson. At six, Sean Payton. At five, John Harbaugh. And at four, Mike Tomlin. Doug Peterson, in his years with the Eagles, he's made the playoffs every year. He's done it with backup quarterbacks. He's done it with a slew of injuries at key positions, and they still managed to win. So it's it's interesting to think of if, he's, if he would have had Carson Palmer for the entire time he'd been there healthy, what his winning percentage could be. You think about that. I mean, um, and they've had injuries at running back, at, at offensive line, at receiver, and they still managed to be competitive and make the playoffs and even succeed in the playoffs some. Sean Payton, John Harbaugh, and Mike Tomlin. Go ahead. Real quick on Peterson. I'm assuming we're talking about Carson Wentz, not Carson Palmer. Thank you. Carson Wentz, not Carson Palmer. Thank yeah. you. Uh, Carson Palmer, I don't think would help him very much in offense right now. <laughs> It'd be about the same. Him and Wentz both be sitting on the sideline. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then Sean Payton, John Harbaugh, and Mike Tomlin are all above him because they have won for years and years and years, um, have won Super Bowls also. And I think just the fact that they have – I think longevity is something that can be a tiebreaker when you're talking about coaches in a similar tier. And for me, that's a tiebreaker here is, you know, Sean Payton's been at the Saints for 10-plus years and won at a high level for most of that time. Same with John Harbaugh, same with Mike Tomlin. So, and Mike Tomlin has obviously been to multiple Super Bowls. Yeah, and, and go ahead. So, Mike Tomlin is someone that I really like as a coach. It's one of our biggest disagreements, exactly, on where yeah. we have them ranked. Um, we both have them ranked in like the analogous tiers for each other. Tier, so it's not yeah, I just had that far off. Tier. Yeah, uh, part of the reason I had him, you know, nine, we had him at four, and like I said, it, you could have, I could have him seven or eight, and it wouldn't be very different. Um, is that, you know, Mike Tomlin did inherit a good winning mm-hmm. functional yep. team there, right? So he had certainly has inherited a Super Bowl winning team. Let's be yeah, clear. Yeah, he certainly hasn't done a bad job by any means, right? Not at all. He's, I would be excited to hire him if I was hiring a coach, yeah. right? Uh, the only thing that's a little different, you know, I, with some of these other Super Bowl winners – in that tier, to me, I look at they came into teams that weren't quite so functional. That's and, true. And turned it around, you know. So, I don't know. But all those guys are, are really, really close and are really good head coaches and have Super Bowl rings to show for it. So, yeah, what do we know? Yeah. And you make a good point about Mike Tomlin. Again, he took over after Bill Cowher won the Super Bowl. So, he's coming into literally the top franchise in the NFL at that time. Gets a rookie quarterback in Ben Roethlisberger. Um, who's, he turns into a Hall of Famer, although he was not good in the two Super Bowls that they played in. Um, I think the first Super Bowl they won, Ben Roethlisberger, 
Roethlisberger threw three interceptions. I mean, I think uh, Antoine Randall had the highest quarterback rating in that game. <laughs> um, Love to see your highest level of, and your highest, you know, competitive game of football. And you got wide receivers leading the team in passing. Yeah, that's awesome. All right, so my Hall of Famer tier we mentioned is Pete Carroll and Andy Reid, and we're not much different there. Um, we both think they're fantastic coaches. Uh, and Andy Reid both be, num- being number two on both of our lists. And then obviously the top, the GOAT, Bill Belichick, we've already mentioned. So let's wrap up with this right here, Scott. Um, there's a number of rookie coaches that we really can't rate, like Matt Rule, uh, Joe Judge. We know nothing about them. There's not really a whole lot we can say about them. But for these coaches that are second-year coaches, uh, Vic Fangio with the Broncos, Brian, Brian Flores with the Dolphins, Cliff Kingsbury with the Cardinals, Zach Taylor with the Bengals, Matt LaFleur with the Packers, and then Bruce Aarons with the Buccaneers. If we were going to place them based on either previous coaching success or where you think they're going to be, just where would you put a few of them? Yeah, so I'll start with somebody like Bruce Arians. He would uh, – I'd have to think, but he would either in, be in my, you know, could do worse or would hire group. He'd be – Somewhere towards the top of the could do worse or the, or the very bottom of the would hire, he would be behind Tomlin for sure. So numerically, he's what, somewhere between 8 and 12 for you? Yeah, he's about, he's about 10, somewhere around okay. there, I think. And I say that because uh, he's a quarterback guy, which mm-hmm. is usually pretty important. And it's pretty important to me because, you know, how your quarterback goes is, you know, a big impact on whether your team wins or loses, right? So he, yeah, he's had some quarterbacks that had really good seasons under him. Now, usually his first year with a the quarterback, they lead the league in interceptions. And then like the second and third year, they're really good once they all get on the same page. Cause so you're saying they should have brought Jameis back. I'm not <laughs> saying that, but I am saying had Jameis stayed there, this season would have been a very different result for him and Arians in that offense. Uh, the and Jameis put the league in passing yards. Yeah, let's look at passing yards. Arians yeah. is very aggressive, very mm-hmm. aggressive philosophically, yeah. and so the first year with quarterbacks, it's just him saying, "Hey, let it rip all the time." And then that second year, it seems to be more of, "Okay, now that we let it rip all the time, let's sort of pare it back down and take away some of those really, you know, dangerous, overly aggressive throws." So, gotcha. yeah, maybe he would have to stay in the could do worse because he has such a clear. Uh, flaw there but you know even Andrew Luck threw a ton of interceptions his first year yes he did his second year killed it right yeah Uh, Carson Palmer I think has the same thing back with Arians back in the day ton of picks his first year and then all of a sudden second year you know like MVP discussion kind of level right and so you know when he gets the best out of quarterbacks which doesn't happen in the first year but happens a lot after that he can he can really kill it and then um, Cliff, so through all of them. let's just hit, hit on a couple that just stand out to you that you think are good out of that group that we didn't rate. That'll be probably more efficient with our time. Yeah. That's what I was just going to do is hit on a couple. Matt LaFleur. I don't know. He's just looked pretty meh. So he probably would be in like the could do worse group if I had to put him somewhere, I think. He Even got though a I, really good defense last year. Yeah. And he's been a good offensive and quarterbacks mm-hmm. coach before. So, you know, he, I guess he could be better than that, but. I wouldn't be super pumped about it right now, right? Um, Cliff Kingsbury has very little track record at the NFL level. 
I've um, never understand a guy that gets fired from a college team and hired by a pro team. That still boggles my mind. Yeah. And wasn't good at his college. Like at any point, was he good at Texas Tech? Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know where I would put him just to say I'll be very curious to where he ends up, right? <laughs> He's um, hard to rate. And then I would say like Ron Rivera would definitely be in the, the could do worse, yeah. right? There's nothing to get excited about. But obviously, he's an employable head coach. Um, he's a coach that you know will be professional. He'll run your organization well, and he'll have a he'll have a few years where they're where you're really good. It may yeah. not be every year, but he's going to have some years where you're really good. Um, I don't know exactly where I put Mike McCarthy. He probably is going to end up somewhere in that same straddling two categories, like Bruce Arians does. Like we've yeah. seen some years where he's been very successful as a head coach. Uh, he also, I don't know, him and Aaron Rodgers seem to always be butting heads and they had some other issues. So he's probably somewhere in that 10 to 12-ish range by the ballpark. It. I think with him, the issue was, I don't know if you call it arrogance or stubbornness, but near the end of his tenure in Green Bay, not the, un- the unwillingness to make changes and adapt. And he still was never really bad there. I mean, right. I mean, he got fired the year Rodgers got hurt and they were terrible, but he was, when he had Aaron Rodgers, they were never really bad. I mean, so I, I probably have him somewhere between eight and 10 or eight and 11, which, you know, I mean, I would probably take him over. I don't know if I'd take him over Kyle Shanahan, but I might take him over Dan Quinn and Bill O'Brien. Yeah. I, I would say the same. I wouldn't have him over Shanahan, but I'd have him over Dan Quinn and Bill O'Brien. I, like I said, I think McCarthy and Arians would both probably be, about 10 to 12-ish, and McCarthy mm. would probably be the one that would bump up to the I'm excited about hiring you section, and Arians would be the guy that was at the very top of the could do worse. And there's our last one we'll talk about is Brian Flores of the Dolphins because people are really high on him. I don't watch a lot of Dolphins football. Nobody does. But, <laughs> but essentially what I'm hearing from people that follow the Dolphins is that they're essentially a, a team last year – that had three win talent and managed to win five games with just not a whole lot of anything. And a year they were, they were tanking for Tua and they are winning games for teams that are beating teams that are trying to win like the Patriots in week 17, you know, with Fitz magic at quarterback. So people seem to have the arrow on him pointing way up. Don't know a lot about him. So I was curious if you had any input on him before we wrap up. I, I really don't. He's definitely one of those guys that I think, falls under the this guy's definitely a good football coach category yeah but I really don't have much of a feel at all for how good of a head coach he is and we may never get that feel because he's coaching for a what has largely been a dysfunctional franchise for decades and now he's going to get a rookie quarterback who's probably not ready to win right away so you know you have one rookie year of Tua Tua gets hurt his second year or something and then Flores is out the door and then yep. three years later, he'll end up being the head coach of some good team and winning a Super Bowl or something, and we'll yeah. all laugh at the Dolphins again. I will say it's tough sometimes to rank NFL head coaches. I think a lot of times it's easier at the college level because the college coaches have so much more control and right. they're in charge of bringing in the talent and right. more charged with developing the talent and all of that too, right? NFL coaches kind of get thrown when they get thrown and the margins are more narrow and all of that. So, and there's just so much more equity. Like we said, out of this list, 17 or 18 of these coaches have made the playoffs. So then, and 
we have what seven of these coaches have won Super Bowls. So it's like even within those tiers, how do you separate it? Because in the NFL, essentially the majority of your head coaches are going to get their teams to the playoffs. And about a fourth of the head coaches are going to make a Super Bowl. I mean, yeah. a fourth to a third of them are going to make it to a Super Bowl. Yeah, so well, again, even with a fourth basically have won it, right? I we have at least yeah. ten of our twenty-one on here that have made it to a Super Bowl, just off the top of my head. So maybe you know, maybe more than that. Yeah, half of them will have made a Super Bowl because we know we got McCarthy and Ron Rivera down there too. That's true. Wow. So. And uh, yeah, you're right. So, so it may, but. You'll hear this used in argument. Well, this guy made a Super Bowl, and then you realize, yeah, about half the coaches in the NFL make a Super Bowl. It's really not as impressive as it sounds. Right. That's why you can be a solid coach and have made a Super Bowl and still be the fifteenth best coach in the NFL, which is not all that special, right? Yeah. Even going back to what you said, like even with John Harbaugh having won a Super Bowl, I don't know that he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. So uh, let's talk about that real quick. Actually, I'm curious because you have your Super Bowl winners category that's below Hall of Famers. And like we mentioned, actually a number of NFL head coaches that win Super Bowls don't make the Hall of Fame. You know, Mm -hmm. a pretty significant margin of them don't. So looking at those guys, you have Tomlin, Harbaugh, Peyton, and Peterson. Right now, if I had to guess, the most likely would be Sean Payton. Sean Payton. Because his longevity with the Saints and the Saints have been historically absolute trash. Awful. Right. Tomlin has consistently been good, Mm. but a lot of times it's the guys that inherit Super Bowl teams that go on to win one more Super Bowl. They don't end up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, I couldn't tell you that Mike Tomlin would be a Hall of Famer with my vote right now. I'm not sure. I mean, maybe. It, if he went on to win another one, another one, it would be hard for him to not get in because at that point it's so far removed from Cower and all of that. That's, it would be that's true. totally his team, right? But there are guys – oh, who's the guy that followed John Madden with the Raiders, I think, won two pretty quickly after taking over. He's not in the Hall of Fame. And I can't remember his name. Most people don't know his name, right? So, but yeah, I'm with you. Harbaugh seems like he's a guy that would go into the Hall of Good Coach, but not Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. You know, and Tomlin might sit there with him. Peterson, I have no idea. He hasn't. Yeah, it's it's, it's, not, it's too small of a sample size. Last question: Out of the coaches on here that are young-ish coaches, who do you think? Give me the two that you, two or three that you think are most likely to have Hall of Fame careers. I'm pretty sure I know who one of them is going to be. <laughs> It's that's hard to project, but yeah, it's pretty hard to not have Sean McVay and Kyle Shanahan on that short list. Both I of agree them. with that. Um, those are no; those are the first, those are the two that I had. Also, I'm trying to think of who else is actually young. Yeah, Adam Gase is young-ish. I wouldn't um, have him on that list. <laughs> but that might be the that might be the extent of the list right there. Then I mean. Yeah, because Doug Peterson's not young, but I could see if Doug Peterson does what he's doing for another ten years. Yeah, be a Hall of Fame coach. Yeah, I could see him continuing to be yeah. a winning coach for another decade, and if especially if he managed to get another Super Bowl somewhere in there, he'd be in the Hall. But of he's Fame. a coach that I could see him making another Super Bowl in the next three or four years because he has a good quarterback and he seems to know what he's doing on offense. So yeah, that being said, even on like McVay and Shanahan if I had to put money on it or put my life on the line and you said, will this guy be a hall of fame NFL coach? 
I don't know that I would go yes. It's just really hard. Just not a lot of coaches get in. And it's so volatile. I mean, like you said, all that has to happen is Jarrett Goff gets hurt. They spend two years trying to find – like has a serious injury. They spend two years spinning their wheels, and the NFL, you're gone. Yeah. Oh, and the other thing, too, is both of those guys have been guys that succeeded already by uh, some of their schematic, you know, changes or advancements offensively. And so – what happens if, you know, Matt LaFleur and a couple of these young head coaches get it together doing a lot of the same stuff? Yeah. Well, now you don't have a huge advantage by having McVay and Shanahan because you have five, six, eight guys running that same scheme. And it's – yeah. And with McVay, he also has the issue of them giving ridiculous contracts to the skill players they can no longer afford to keep. So there's that. Yeah, that Rams team – for, I don't know, 2020, 2021, at some point, they're just going to start falling apart at this rate. Note to NFL GMs listening to this, stop <laughs> giving guys yeah. extensions after year two. It's stupid. You don't have to do it. Rant over. All right, Scott, we're running long. I'll probably have to heavily edit this to get out all the mistakes I made so that I sound smarter than I really am. Thanks for jumping on with me. I think we both need to go check on our kiddos. Uh, this is David Bethay and Scott Aiken from the Title Run Podcast. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hate your coach. <laughs> <laughs>